Let's talk hockey. Welcome back into the den, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of a San Diego Sabres-centered podcast, as always. My name is Andrew Allegra, joined by my brother, Austin. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, just ready to get back into the podcast game. We've been kind of lacking on it, but, you know, life comes at you. You got to do other things before you can do certain other things. Makes no sense, but... <laughs> We are completely aware that we've been slacking on our episodes. As we've said multiple times, we wanted to do this weekly, at least bi-weekly. We know we strayed off of that bi-weekly pattern a little bit, but, you know, getting back into real life, you know, jobs getting a lot busier outside of the rink on the weekends. So, you know, we're trying to get to it as much as we can. We see your guys' messages coming in, asking when the next episode's going to be, saying that you listen to everyone. Trust us. We see you. We appreciate you. So we're back bringing you another one. Right before a huge game, possibly the biggest game the Sabres have had in at least recent memory, December 11th, this upcoming Saturday at Pachanga Arena against the Las Vegas Thunderbirds, we're at the home of the goals. It's going to be an interesting time to see the boys out on the big ice, AHL size ice. I know all the boys are buzzing to get out there. We've been talking about it for weeks. I'm sure even the Las Vegas players are looking forward to it. What are your thoughts, Austin? I mean, obviously you're excited, but beyond that. Uh, honestly, when it comes down to this game this weekend, it's just going to be about history, I think, the most. I believe this is the biggest game in Sabres franchise history we have never played on a rink of this size or magnitude before. And the fact that we get to go in there in the hometown rink of our AHL team and play our own game against one of our rivals in our division. Like you said, they're stoked about it too. Both our Instagram and their Instagram have been posting about it, getting everyone hyped up for it. Hopefully we have a good crowd out there. I know a few goals fans were interested in going to game. So hopefully they told a friend and hopefully we see you guys out there. Yeah, it's just going to be a, like I said, it's going to be a historic night for the Sabres franchise. Yeah, you got that right. Or we should say a historic afternoon, at least when it's starting. Um, gates open at 1230 for all of our fans and puck drop is scheduled for 1 p.m. After the game, which, you know, if we're going off of recent game time, we'll assume we'll be done about 3.30, 4 o'clock at the latest. And they will clear out Pachanga Arena and get everybody set up for the goals game after the San Diego goals game set to kick off at 7 p.m. for the puck drop for the goals. So, of course, as I said, they're going to clear us all out. So there will be re-entry for the goals game. And so that means you get to go outside, go to Chick-fil-A, go to Chili's. Both of them are in the parking lot. There's a gas station in the parking lot if you want to keep it light. I just think it's great that re-entry is allowed. You know, in this day and age, re-entry into anything seems like a foregone conclusion that it's going to be a hard no. So the fact that they're not keeping us locked in there for three hours in between games is huge, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely a huge luxury when it comes to, like you said, just this day and age. Uh, you just don't get a lot of re-entry, even if you have to go grab something just out of your car real quick, or if you have to take something back. Yeah, they, they are very strict about that. So the fact that we're able to get out of there, go do what we need to do, even just even go down into San Diego if you wanted to just for a little bit and then come right back over into Mission Bay. It's perfect that we get to go back in 
for the goals game and then get to enjoy a, a nice night of hockey after playing our own game. I know myself, I may be tempted to head down the street, down to Sports Arena Boulevard to get myself some of the San Diego Sabres official restaurant, which is Noodles and Company. You know, I've been all over that for years, but now that we've been getting that so often these days, I've been craving that mac and cheese more than ever. So might be the move. Absolutely. Noodles and Company is one of the prime sponsors we have, honestly. The meals they give us like before games, always good. They always give us like a bunch of different dishes so everyone can try something different every day. And honestly, it's it's good for the guys before the game and it's good for the staff too. It keeps them, them all fed and, you know, gets us ready for game day. Yeah, no game day grumpies when we got Noodles & Co. in the house. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, as we said, we know we missed a couple of weeks, so we got a little bit of catching up to do. Um, so we're going to go over the games from a little bit further back pretty quickly so the sabers right now have won five of their last seven and man what is there to say coming into this stretch we started that with a three-game set at home against lake tahoe where i said that i think we played our best hockey we played all season we came away getting swept in that series but it was so hard fought and you knew the guys we're just ready to go at whoever came up in the schedule after that. And they've been up to every challenge. They played against Fresno at home. The Fresno Monsters came in, and they've been top of the division up there with Lake Tahoe, and we took two of three from them. And they were visibly frustrated all weekend. And, you know, they did come out on Sunday, and they smacked us around a little bit and got that goal differential back. But, you know, we got the points on the weekend. And, you know, a series win against a team like that, always a huge plus. And then, of course, had a couple games against Ontario. And if we're setting the bar at the Lake Tahoe series, since then, uh, we've played Ontario three times and have three wins against Ontario, one of which we will get to shortly in the breakdowns of the more recent games. But doing well against the teams that we need to do well against, um, did have a little bit of a slip up in Long Beach. Again, we will get to that shortly. But, you know, the additions that we've had midseason, kind of like what happened last year in the bubble. Of course, the results still didn't come with the additions that we got last season. And this year, the additions have come in and made an immediate impact and have come in to each of their respective lines and looked completely comfortable. And, you know, this just looks like a well-oiled machine that's just slowly getting a little bit more tightly tuned as we go along this season. So, Austin, the additions of Dash Greeley, Adam Weedberg, Hampus Knudsen, and Jonathan Gosselin. Gosselin, of course, coming back this year after he was one of the midseason additions last season. They've all contributed so far. Of course, Adam Weedberg himself back-to-back hat tricks last weekend man not a big deal what do you got to say about those guys I mean of course we all expected a shot in the arm for everybody else but what do you see when I think about new players being added to the team midseason I always wonder about the synergy on the ice off the ice just how everyone's going to mesh together throughout the team and honestly as soon as these guys came into the locker room they have been a huge presence along with everybody they all meshed in together pretty well. Um, Adam getting those player of the games for those back-to-back hat tricks. You know, he just gave his best speech he could. 
Everyone was super hyped in the locker room. I uh, couldn't have asked for anything better on those nights. And, you know, it's not always you get to throw your hat out on the ice. So that's always a fun experience for anyone involved. Uh, and also, Hampus has just been a major threat on defense. Anytime there's a puck going near him, he'll put his entire body on the line. All I want, I think he's like six foot four, all six foot four of himself on the line to stop that puck. He and he can also score goals too. In this recent game in Long Beach, we played, he had a slap shot from almost the blue line that went straight over the goalie's shoulder and into the net, and it was fantastic. So just these guys making huge additions on the ice. And Gosselin, you know, we call him Goose. He's one of my best guys on the team. I struggled for a bit trying to find that first point of the season. Finally got it in with this uh, last series of games here. And Dash Greeley, he's been just re- – he's really fast on the ice, honestly. I-, I like his speed, the attitude he brings to the team. He's very determined, you know, all business with this guy. He's just – really into the game and you can tell you can tell how it translates onto the ice all right let me get my notepad out here dash Greeley, fast all right got it who would have thought right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah man they all bring each one of their games brings a little bit different pieces to this team and you know they all bring their own style of hockey that just complements everybody else on the ice and it's been great to see so far, as you said, the cohesion so quickly. You know, you don't always get that. Sometimes, you know, players come in from other systems that they've been playing in other teams. You know, the Swedes, they've been playing in Division Two over in Sweden. I mean, that I can only assume that everything they got going on over there has got to be a little bit different, despite the fact that Dom DeShico is a honorary Swede, as he's been dubbed by Adam Weedberg in the locker room up in Long Beach. But, you know, who knows exactly how similar things are. So seeing those guys come in and being able to just jump right into things is impressive. Um, and speaking of which, let's jump right into the games from this past weekend. Starting with Saturday up in Long Beach, first period started 0-0. Second period. Uh, Long Beach got a first goal in the game minute into the second period. And then Hampus Knudsen, as you mentioned, Austin comes in, gets a goal 14-33 in the second period from Reed Laurie and Dash Greeley. Long Beach able to get another one on the board before the end of the second period, and we ended 2-1. Going into the third, Long Beach puts two more on the board within the first 12 minutes of the third period. At this point, it is 4-1 Long Beach. Then at 15.54, Hampus Newtson again from Jordan MacArthur on the power play. And then about a minute later, Jordan MacArthur gets one of his own from Mati Lempiainen and Adam Weedberg, which made it 4-3, to three, and that was our final up in Long Beach. Justin Lakin was in net that night with 32 saves. The Sabres, how about this? 71 shots, absolutely peppering the net against the Shredders. But what a performance by the November goaltender of the month, Everett Bailey, up in Long Beach. I mean, what can you say? Uh, 68 saves. You know, we've seen something like that a couple years ago with our guy Marshall McCallop with uh, about 100-plus. What was it, 111, Austin? Yeah, it was about 111 uh, against Ogden Mustangs. He only let in, I want to say, about six, seven. Yeah, I guess Ogden sounds about right. But again, yeah, 
impressive. Those big numbers, but you got to give it to the Sabres for being able to put that many shots on net when there's been times where that has been our Achilles heel. So the fact that we put up 70 shots, I mean, there's sometimes in this season, as I said, where we've gone three games and gotten 70 shots total. So getting that in one game, even in a losing effort, you know, you take it as it is, take that loss with a grain of salt and just moved on to Sunday. And we did went on to Sunday up in Ontario first period goose first goal with the Sabres this season at 918 from Adam Weedberg. second period 24 seconds into the second Joey Chappelle finds the back of the net from Weedberg and Mati Lempiainen so after two periods Sabres leading 2-0 up in Ontario going into the third period Joey Chappelle and that's another goal 57 seconds in this time from Mati Lempiainen and Jordan MacArthur make it 3-0 for the Sabres with the entire rest of the third period to play. Sabres sat back. I wouldn't say played defensively the rest of the way. Still definitely got their shots on in the third, but Ontario scored two more goals in the third period, but wasn't enough. Sabres came away with a win, 3-2 final up in Ontario. As I mentioned earlier, their third win out of their last three games against the Ontario Junior Reign, which has catapulted us past them in the standings, so we are no longer in the cellar. Ontario occupies that spot. Sorry, guys. Not sorry. Not going to lie. But (laughs) (laughs) um, shot differential up in Ontario, 35-31 to in favor of our boys. Philip Pars and net 29 saves in the victory. Uh, 10 minutes in penalties for the Sabres and 12 minutes on the power play. So, you know, it seems like we may have Ontario's number a little bit, at least as it stands at the moment, which I will say has got to be scary for them, given the additions that we've had right now. You just got to assume that this team is going to mesh even more as time goes on. And, you know, you got a big game coming up like this, on Saturday night at the Pachanga Arena, also known as Sports Arena San Diego for the old heads. You know, that's the kind of game where if we can go into Pachanga and put in a decent performance, a pronounced performance against a team like Las Vegas, and really just show everybody in that building what we are building, then that just sends the morale on a catapult. And we go into the Christmas break We got another trip up to Lake Tahoe coming up right before Christmas break. But if we can get through that series after whatever happens this weekend against Las Vegas, if we can go up to Lake Tahoe and then go into the Christmas break with another respectable performance against that team, like we did when they came down to our barn, sending the boys on a break for a couple of weeks with a good taste in their mouth has only got to lead to good things to come in January. Absolutely. These past two games uh, have been a really good showcase of how the Sabres are improving throughout the season. Honestly, even with the loss in Long Beach, they still were able to battle in the end there. Uh, word to Jace Tingler. Uh, they still weren't able to come out with the win, but it was a, it was a bat- hard-fought battle till the very end. Honestly, and then Goose getting his first point of the year against Ontario. Nothing felt sweeter than that. Can't discount my boy Joe Chappelle, though. Two goals in one in one game. He was looking insane out there. 
had a scary moment out there uh, with Jordan MacArthur. He took a pretty hard uh, slam onto the ice in front of the net over our goalie, Philip Plars. Uh, had to be checked out, went through concussion protocol, you know, hit the shower real quick, came back out like a champ and, you know, got that assist with Joey's second goal, like you said. Uh, but I think the big storyline of this past weekend is uh, the return of my man, number 13, Coach Will Gilberg was able to get back onto the ice for the first time this season. And, you know, it was kind of an emotional night the first night back on there from his knee injury. And, you know, uh, it's good to see him back out there in full form, still hitting guys, being as physical as always, bringing that New York attitude over onto the West Coast. Shout out, my man. Love you, Gilly. Yeah, no doubt. Great to see Gilly back on the ice, man. And, you know, in his first game action, you know, I haven't been to Sabres practice in a while, so I haven't seen him skate. But, damn, he looked good coming right off of an injury, right? Yeah, literally. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, so shout out to you, Gilly. We know it's been a long process, man. Welcome back to the ice, buddy. And, you know, you traded your coaching shoes over to Ludwig Nielsen for a couple weeks. Um, I got to say, just with that, I can't wait to see all the Swedes on the ice at the same time. Yeah, we're about to have the Swedish connection out there on the ice, as I like to call it. Uh, you know, as you've seen on Instagram, we kind of dubbed the name Swede Diego. You know, don't want to get a little too arrogant with it, but, you know, Kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit, especially when you have four Swedish guys on the same team. You know, it's a good time to be a saber. I, I can't stress that enough. Like you said, with Luda being assistant coach right now, as we like to call him, it's just uh, took a bad hit against Fresno. Uh, his knee wasn't looking too good. Honestly, it just let, told him just to rest it up, you know, do, do your physical therapy, go back home to Sweden, see what they're going to do for you out there, you know, and come into the new year fresh and good to go on the ice and you know once he's out there that Swedish line is going to be insane yeah can't wait to see it all right Austin I think we are going to go ahead and send this over to our interview portion of the podcast with us today the one and only head coach Dominic DeShico without further ado we'll send it over to that interview now all right now we have with us into the den head coach of the San Diego Sabres Dominic DeShico how we doing today Dom Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Of course, man. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about getting you on for a while now. Yeah, you know, team, team's got to come first. So had to get things situated there and playing uh, playing pretty good hockey re- lately. So uh, now's a good time. Of course, a good time coming right ahead of our big game at Pachanga Arena against the Las Vegas Thunderbirds. Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. puck drop, Pachanga Arena, San Diego, a.k.a the San Diego sports arena. Dom, you want to give us and our listeners a little bit of insight as to how this really came about? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, first off, super excited to do it. You know, I think from a team standpoint, um, from, you know, overall marketing standpoint, it's a good thing. It's good for the players to, you know, play in that environment, Um, you know, and to create, you know, the beginnings of a partnership with the goals, I think, you know, something we've been wanting to do here with the Sabres, um, I know, for the last two years, at least since I've been here. So definitely was a team effort, um, you know, between myself, uh, James, our business director of business of operations, our, our team owner and GM, Tomas, and, uh, and, and you guys as well. But, uh, 
I got to shout out Josh Bear from the San Diego Goals. He helped put a lot of this together as well. He was kind of our contact person over there. So, you know, definitely lots of phone calls, getting everything set up. But uh, should be should be a good event. Pretty excited for it. So um, playing Las Vegas, they'll be in town. Should be a good game. Hope to see a lot of people out there. So, of course, for some people who are listening that may not know, you played collegiately at Penn State. And we have a little bit of a connection there with the San Diego goals at the moment. Have you gotten a chance to speak with Buddy Robinson? I know he got called up to Anaheim. I'm not sure if he's still up with them, but um, have you gotten a chance to talk to him or Alex Limoges about the partnership coming up this weekend? Yeah, I don't know Alex too well, but, you know, just watched him while he was at Penn State. Very skilled player. Yeah, but Buddy, Buddy and I go back a bit. Uh, I think we've known each other since we were like seven or eight. Didn't speak to him about the event weekend, but have spoken to him since he was first got into SoCal with the goals and now he's up with the Ducks still. So, you know, for his sake, hoping he stays up there, you know, it'd be nice to see him this weekend, but uh, I'd rather him be up with the big team in Anaheim versus uh, down with the goals. Absolutely up there with your buddy Stoli now too. He's been uh, rocking the crease himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's been good. So Dom, uh, since we haven't been able to talk to you really and, uh, this one and a half season so far, you know, um, what do you like most about being out here in San Diego compared to the East coast? Uh, well, I mean, first off is the weather. It gets really cold where I'm from. Um, and, uh, being able to complain that it's cold when it's still 50 degrees outside is a, uh, is a luxury for sure. But <laughs> the area is nice. You know, the weather is always nice. It's nice being able, you know, 10 minutes from the beach, you know, go have morning coffee at the beach or something, take my dog over there. So, you know, I like it down here. I will say it's a little bit slower pace than I'm used to um, from where I'm from. And, but people are a lot nicer probably because of that. So, you know, I, I, I like it out here. I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. Yeah, we don't plan on having you leave anytime soon either. Especially the way the team's been playing, man. We went over the recent games that we've had since our last podcast. And so that really started with that series against the Lake Tahoe Lakers, where, of course, you know, we ended up dropping those three games at home. But I think we all felt internally that that may have been a bit of a turning point for our team, just based off of how well they all played against the top dog in the division, who at that point really hadn't been played hard by anybody besides the one loss that they had taken at that point. So from there on, the Stabers are five and seven. We had three wins last season. So getting five out of our last seven and then, you know, take from that Lake Tahoe series, whatever you want to take from it. Where do you feel that the Sabres are at now compared to maybe this point last season or even two months ago? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, last season, definitely a down year. Um, I don't think I don't think there's any arguing that not a big fan of looking in the past, you know, with COVID being in full swing last year and everything that certainly made things more difficult looking at where we're at now. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'd agree with you. I'd say that Tahoe series was the true turning point. I think, you know, personally that started after the first game up in Fresno, the weekend before that Tahoe series definitely was not a strong showing from our squad, but um, we had a nice team meeting afterwards since then started turning things around. Where do I think we'll go? I mean, plan is to go as far as we can right similar to 90 probably 95 percent of the teams at 
at our level and in our league, consistency is is something you got to find. And I think we're we're right on the verge of finding how to play consistently the way we need to play. As games go on, as the season goes on more, we're going to get more consistent and guys are going to be more comfortable as they keep playing more games and, and really show what they can do at this level. So, you know, I, I'm excited for, for the rest of the season here, starting this weekend with the game on Saturday, Django. So you mentioned as these guys get a little bit more comfortable, things start to turn a little easier. Can we go back to that? Those guys that maybe need to get comfortable. And I'm talking about the newcomers being Goose, Hampus, Dash, and Adam. Of course, all of them have come in and I'd say they've all performed in their own way. Some not so much on the score sheet, but they've all done what they've been asked to do. So, you know, with the new Swedes coming in, in Hampus and Adam, and then you have Ludwig on the bench in your ear, how is that all translated? And has that have the Swedes being here and being such a big influence on this team changed any part of your mindset when it comes to schemes or, you know, just how you trot the guys out? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's a good question. I wouldn't say it's really changed my mindset, so to speak. European players as a whole, but specifically Swedish players, players from Finland, um, that kind of general area, they tend to be very strong skaters and very, very good with the puck. You know, that's that's a big thing that they focus on over there, From at least from my experience and from what I know. You know, I think that helps their teammates be a little bit more comfortable to maybe try some things with the puck they wouldn't try or, you know, carry the puck a bit more. In regards to the new guys, you know, Dash, Adam, Hampus, you know, I think they, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, whether or not they're showing up on the score sheet, they're they're contributing in their own way to, to the team's success. And, you know, ultimately, I think this year we have a group that understands it's not always about who puts the puck in the back of the net. It's about every little detail. That's the biggest thing that we've been preaching and harping on is, is those small details, you know, whether that's blocking a shot or just making sure the puck gets in deep late in the game, you know, and you're protecting the lead, you know, just different things like that, that I think everybody uh, uh, throughout the team is, is picking up on and, and really learning to control the game in the different situations and not just go out and play shinny, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this addition of these four guys have just been phenomenal on the ice, especially in the locker room, too. They're great lo- locker room clubhouse presence, you know. Honestly, even, even with Hampus, with as little as he speaks, he, he's a great guy to have around. And, you know, I'm glad to see that they're meshing really well with the rest of the team, especially on the ice with the lines that we've already had set up this season. Going on with the new players, uh, how well do you think they're going to adjust once we have a fully healthy team, you know, with uh, Ludwig Nielsen being back on the ice? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think injuries are part of the game, right? We've had some injuries throughout this year. I mean, you know, Will Gilbert started the year not being able to play due to offseason knee surgery. Um, You know, he came back in the lineup and, you know, just overall, I think we have a good group this year where, Throughout the roster, guys want to win. They want to succeed. You know, they know how to be good teammates and they're willing willing to do whatever that means. You know, I, I don't anticipate 
any issues as far as, you know, somebody getting injured and coming back into the lineup and, you know, trying to work their way back. You know, we haven't had any issues so far with that. And I don't anticipate any issues just based off of the character we have in the room up and down the roster. I wanted to talk to you about something that we've got a little bit different this year, or I should say a lot different, because I think for everybody that's been there and been around, they know how big of a difference this has made compared to last year. The guys over at Resilient Training, Scott, I mean, that man gets these guys ready to go every week. And, you know, I'm sure you're there pretty often. So what do you see from the beginning of their training with Scott? Because I was there day one when they first, you know, when everybody met Scott and went in for their first workout. So from then, you know, last year it was just basically all dry land. So this year, actually having a facility to go into, how much of a benefit have you seen? Oh, I mean, it makes a huge difference. You know, I mean, Scott and, and everybody over at Resilient, I mean, they know what they're doing. You know, they fit into our staff and personnel seamlessly. They definitely put the boys through it when they're there, that's for sure. You know, and they're constantly pushing them and you know, again, I mean, going back to the the character on the team, the guys push each other. So that always helps too, right? But Scott's there talking to them about nutrition, about, you know, making sure their form is good, injury prevention, you know, just every aspect of it, he's there talking to them on. And, you know, it's really, to your point, compared to last year where we were just basically doing dry land to have the facility now and Scott and his team and their expertise you know, really, really does make a huge difference in the longevity of a player throughout the season, as well as just getting them prepared each and every week. All right, Dom. I mean, this has been enlightening, man. I I appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Going to get you out of here with a couple California rapid fires. All right. So theme parks or the beaches? Uh, So I'm more of a beach guy, although I will say I've probably been to theme parks more than the beaches, just with some of the friends that I've made out here you know, you guys included and stuff like that. You know, I know you guys know Mike from the rink, but he's a, uh, he's a big amusement park guy. So he uh, kind of drags me along to those when we go, when he goes, but they're, they're a good time. But I'd say overall, I'm more of a beach guy. The Mexican food or in and out The Mexican food. I know I'll probably get killed for this, but I think in and out is a tad overrated personally. It's good. Thank you. But I do think it's overrated. Guys over in and out any day of the week. Yeah, Andrew, anybody you listening, eat, you don't even eat hamburger patties. I don't want to hear it. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. I was getting to that. Okay. I was getting to that. <laughs> so, for anybody listening from the East Coast that has not been to In N Out or, you know, anywhere, Canada, wherever, their fries are literally the worst. They're awful. You have to eat them right away or they're inedible. Yeah. And, and not only that, to just take a slice of cheese and melt it on top or cheese fries or whatever, like that's just nonsense. Give me some cheese whiz, just like a Philly cheesesteak, and we're good to go. I don't want melted craft singles over my fries. Yeah, no joke. And that is exactly what they do. So anyways, we're enough with the in and out slander, even though I will completely allow it. Um, <laughs> last one. I know you're an East Coast guy, so your fandom is with the Philadelphia Flyers, regardless of how much you may have an up and down love-hate relationship with them. But if you had to pick one, Ducks, Kings, or Sharks? Uh, I'm going to go Ducks. I'm, I'm going to go Ducks. strictly based off of Trevor Zegers? I mean, look, Zegers is a fun player to watch. He's certainly, you know, one, one skilled player. That's one young skilled guy that's out there. And, 
you know, I think everybody in the hockey world saw uh, the assist he had with Sonny Milano. What was it? I think two nights ago, three nights ago. But, uh, you know, when, I mean, you got a buddy in the system, plus, you know, that old school Ducks logo. I mean, that's just classic. Mighty Ducks movies when I was a kid, kind of forced you to be a Ducks fan if you got to choose in a sense. So uh, I'll, I'll go Ducks all the way. Right on. I love to hear it. Well, thanks again, Dom. We appreciate you, man. Uh, can't wait to get out and see you on Saturday at Pachanga Arena, bright and early as we get in with the staff before everything opens up for all the fans. Uh, it's going to be a great time. It's been a long time coming. We can't wait. Yeah, no, for sure. Excited. And thanks a lot, guys. Also, one question for you guys. Is it Pachanga or Pachanga? Pachanga. Pachanga? I've been saying Pachanga. it the whole time. It's all right. Potato, potato. One of those yeah, situations. Yeah. Thanks, All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, boys. Again, big thanks to head coach Dom DeShico for coming on with us today. You know, ahead of such a huge game, as we've said many times on this podcast, just can't stress it enough. This is a huge opportunity for our boys at Pachanga Arena this weekend. And I haven't looked forward to a Sabres game so much in a long time. And I know that there's something going on at the same time that you and I are very much invested in that <laughs> we would be uh, not in San Diego on Saturday afternoon if it wasn't for this Sabres game. So, so you know, we'll be there at Pachanga Arena rooting on our Portland Timbers on our phone when we can while they're playing for MLS Cup against NYCFC. But we will be, of course, locked in on our boys on the ice just like we hope everybody else listening is on Saturday at 1 p.m. Absolutely. Like I said, historic night at Pachanga Arena. Hope to see everyone out there. New fans, if you're listening right now after Pachanga game, thank you so much for coming out and thank you for tuning in. To all our continued fans listening to this before Pachanga game, I cannot wait to see all of you out there. Let's put on the best show we can in the entire league. Let's put the league on notice. Let's let them know that we're not messing around in the West. We're going to come out here. Let's try to get this win in the Pachanga Arena for only greater things to come. Fire me up, boys. Fire me up. And with that, I think we're all properly fired up, ready to get into this game on Saturday afternoon, downtown San Diego. So that's going to be the end of it for this episode of Into the Den. My name is Andrew Allegre. And I'm Austin Allegre. We'll see you guys on the next episode. It will be next week. We promise. No more long hiatuses like the last one. Not going to be a month in between the next episode. We can't wait to recap what happens this upcoming weekend as we look to defend the den and also protect the nest. See you guys next week.